Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. You will drive yeah. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And Vanessa Hudgens urges fans to, quote, only talk about peace after Austin Butler run-in. Malala vibes. <laughs> Malala wow, vibes. it's giving Malala. <laughs> Malala said it first. I'm not sure why she had to say it again. No, it's kind of a good reference. Like, it's, it's a good, I, I'm glad, I'm glad she did that. She posted a photo on her Instagram stories of Malala, <laughs> and it said, let's all be on the I only talk about peace train. Okay. Well, this was because there was a screenshot from a video it was Vanessa walking by Austin Butler, which is, isn't Shannon. Sharon Stone is next to her. As <laughs> Richard Lawson of Little Goldman refers to her as like the queen of the Oscars, was once again the queen of the Oscars this year in she 2023, was. standing next to Austin Butler. Lens crafter <laughs> selling mama, just like kind of mostly front and center. I just want to make sure nobody missed that that was Sharon Stone that he was standing with and talking to. I think this is where they're like waiting for a car, like mm -hmm. in between events, like after the Oscars, whatever. Yeah, they're going to the party, I believe, because it's still kind of early. So Vanessa walks by, like walks by, and of course every single headline about this is like they're running, they're running, they're running, and it's like the only accurate way to describe this is they crossed paths, and like because she does not literally, look up. she's she's, she's texting, texting. Blah, 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 you know, on her phone, <laughs> you know, and you're like. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like she's like keyboard slam texting. Austin right now. Butler and Sharon Stone couldn't, with their forces combined, could never text as quickly as Vanessa's doing in this photo. No, and also they could never stop her. She's like on a path. She knew she had to make a beeline for like her Uber that was picking her up at like mm -hmm. gate four. I'm thinking of like it's like uh, JFK. Yeah, she's like mm -hmm. making a beeline. And she's like, I have to take, I have to go this way. I have to walk right in front of him. There's lots of cameras here. Like, you know. <laughs> Sharon has no idea what's going on. Sharon doesn't recognize Vanessa Butler. Why at all. should she? Vanessa Hudgens Why at all. should she? She's smiling, beaming. Austin, eh. what's weird is that she never looks up. She just zips right on past. Austin, it seems as though Austin acknowledges the fact that he is being filmed. He kind of gives like a, a little like, laugh after she passes but it you can't really tell what he's responding to because this is a telephoto lens there's no audio it's just this very quick three second moment where vanessa crosses paths with her ex austin butler and they do not acknowledge each other's presence it's very funny i have a feeling he doesn't know either I, this this happens so quickly once you see the actual video footage you're like <laughs> The still was funny enough where everyone online is saying, 
they run into each other, they run into each other, and you see a photo where she's texting in front of him. The video makes it yes. a thousand times more hysterical because she zip she zips on past. She's like a speeding bullet past him. There's no time yes. to look up. Yeah, she's like blah, 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 <laughs> on the phone. That's her typing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So in lieu of actually commenting on this viral TikTok, viral photo, viral video, all the tabloid coverage, she just posts a photo of Malala. Let's all be on the I only talk about peace train, okay? <laughs> such, that was such a good shutdown. We missed a lot of Oscar stuff on Tuesday's episode. Well, because it kind of happened later in the day. It after had to, we recorded. It had Ugh. to ruminate, you know? Whatever, yeah. it happens. I mean... Like we missed page six, literally <laughs> calling Polly Shore on the phone. That's how the story seems to me. Page six has been making a lot of calls this week. They called Michael Lohan to talk about Lindsay Lohan's pregnancy. <laughs> Daily Mail called Samantha Ronson. I was like, enough. Maybe put down the phone. I'm all for journalism, but you guys need to put down the phone. Every put once down in a while. the phone. Every once in a while. I said this to you, and I think you were rightfully like, Polly Shore needs to shut up. If you see the quote out of context, it's like, shut up, Polly Shore, no one asked. Well, the thing is, someone asked. The way that the story sort of reveals itself, the headline is, Polly Shore on being butt of Oscar's joke. Quote, human beings have feelings. Well, I mean, of course somebody asked, but I'm like, I, you know, I just think the 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 headline is like, that's all he said. Yes, it's he not. also says, like, I'm happy for my friends, blah, blah, blah. But I also kind of feel like if you're a comedian, you like, you got to... Uh, I don't know. Like, have a funny comeback. Have a funny quip. Like, you, this just, it just, it bummed me out when that Polly Shore is, like, bummed out about, like, a silly joke. that Not even, a not even good joke that was made about him at the Oscars. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I do, what I do like about this story, though, I think they wanted him to be spicier. But instead, he's just sort of like, yeah, bum me out. And I love Key and Brendan. He says, we love to hate people when they're on top. People wanted to smash me down, and they did. I was always nice to everyone, always cool. I put my heart into my, all, my, all my films. And then he goes, it's a big deal. I'm happy for these guys. We did a movie years ago, and I'm glad that people still talk about it 30 years later. It's crazy. There you go. There you go. You only get one side. Like You don't actually hear the, the, the questions that Page right. Six asked. I think it's pretty... I, I bet that this conversation involved a lot of, like, arm twisting to get these quotes out of him and page six probably asked a lot of weird questions to get him to say these things yeah and you know what this is the time where even though page six made the call what i want is a profile about Polly shore that kind of touches this but then touches lots of stuff and kind of like you know maybe mm -hmm. ruminates on his legacy now that we have like two kind of like 90s actors like n winning Oscars, right? Mm -hmm. Like what about other 90s actors that were in their orbit? All right, let's talk about mm -hmm. Pauly Shore and his kind of uh, uh, relevance or irrelevance and what what he meant for that. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just, it's just like, it makes you crave more because within these quotes is just a better written story. You know, mm -hmm. page six would also take those things out of context and do the same headline but at least I would get to click through to something that was like a little bit like juicier I mean you yeah. know I love Polly Shore and it's oh I know you love Polly Shore he's like I even love Jury Duty I love all my movies they're all nice I love movies Jury Duty. and I was like Lindsay loves Jury Duty Jury Duty's a great movie but the thing is this is kind of his perfect moment I think that this phone call means no, that other that. phone calls are to come maybe I do think if you see this, the thing that they all have in common about a comeback is uh, outsiders coming in. Sometimes you can do it yourself, mm -hmm. but usually you can't. You need an outsider to see you 
and kind of bring you back and make yeah. and put you back into context. And I think and and somebody and they did it for Brendan and they and they can do maybe do it for Polly. I don't mm-hmm. know. Who knows? The other thing that happened after we recorded the episode on Monday was Thames Instagrammed and tweeted <laughs> photos of her, like slideshows of her gorgeous white gown that she wore in the center of the orchestra at the Oscars. Well, <laughs> you have to be clear about what what was happening with this gown. It literally was like a big hat at a movie theater, but the biggest hat of all. The biggest hat, a halo. It's it's not even a halo. It's an aura of white. If you were sitting behind Thames, would you have said like, excuse me, girly, can you just like... Never. The, can you? I would have been like crying laughing the entire no, time but I was what sitting if, behind Thames. Okay, let me change <laughs> the scenario. so funny. What if you went to Regal Essex and somebody oh. sat down in front of you with a hat that was this big? Would you say, excuse me, um, can you just like maybe take off the hat? Mm. I'm not. I'm a pretty non-confrontational person by nature. I don't. Hat, I think I would just complain hat. if I were really mad. I I would just seethe about it later, but I wouldn't say anything because I am too scared to ever say anything to anyone. Regal Stadium, the Oscars. It's not stadium seating. It's not Regal Essex at the Oscars at the Dolby Theater. It's pretty level. No, I wish they wish. Thames could sit in front of me at Regal, and I'd have a perfect view of Scream Six. There was a person you could see behind her, kind of peeking. It might have been a seat filler, so it kind of <laughs> might have been just like. Not really a huge deal because maybe they were moving people in and out of the seats behind her. But mm-hmm. it is kind of funny that, first of all, her dress was beautiful, but it but it got attention because of like how <laughs> no one could see behind it. Yes, and Thames was there obviously because she wrote, co-wrote, lift me lift up, me up. Rihanna. So she was an Oscar nominee, but I think because she's not super famous, she's obviously not as famous as Rihanna. People were like, um, who is this woman that's blocking everyone's space? And it's like, well, she's an Oscar nominee and she can wear what she wants. And the Oscars are ridiculous. And I I don't know. I think that being behind Thames at the Oscars is a story you can talk about for the rest of your life. Yeah, maybe for a few years. (laughs) But I did like that the story about the dress being big gave her a talking point about Mm -hmm taking up space and wearing a dress that has the audacity to have people that that would force people to ask who is this person wearing this huge dress which mm-hmm. I don't mind because that is a good talking point yes. and she very easily fell into that with Harper's Bazaar then you have quotes like it's my first time in this space it gives me motivation to keep going do more and reach my maximum potential um, ten, two years ago I would have said no to this dress I wouldn't have wanted to take up this much space or whatever it's I wouldn't have want this much attention and she's like well now I do Right. She's the best-selling female artist in Nigeria. She's huge. My favorite part about this Harper's Bazaar piece on the dress, though, is when she kind of, like, negs the Oscars at one point. She goes, when I first started out this, as in the Oscars, this was not on my list of things I needed to do. <laughs> but honestly, I'm honored. <laughs> I mean, I mean, truly. I don't I don't think, it, no offense, but I don't think anyone but Diane Warren dreams about winning an, an Oscar for best song. I, I don't. I, I really Lady don't. Lady Gaga. Maybe but Gaga, but, in the pa- but only in the past three years did she put that on her, her uh, vision board. Diane's had that thing on for 14-time 14, 14 nominated. Remember when Sophia Carson said in the middle of the song, 14-time nominated, Oscar-nominated Diane Warren? Instead of saying Oscar winner, I thought that was weird. It's like, you got the honorary. It still counts. Well, it doesn't count. To Diane, it, it counts. Instead of saying one-time honorary Oscar winner Diane Warren, it almost is more impressive and funny to say 14-time nominated because – you know, it, through a lens, if you don't know the story, that's amazing, amazing feat. If you know the story, you're like, LMAO, yeah. why'd you got to say that? Why'd yeah. you got to say that? Yeah. You have to play the clip. You have to play the clip. 
14-time Academy Award nominee, Diane Warren. Like a song about like women that was like that random song about that from that movie about like women but not women talking like, tell it like other a woman women talking tell it like a woman yeah. literally women talking and tell it like a woman is like the yeah. same title and she said it's like and we couldn't even get in <laughs> come on it's funny that like 14 nominations still isn't a win it, it's giving it's giving tablespoons to cups <laughs> A cup is 16 tablespoons. She's not quite at a cup yet. You know, she just has 14 tablespoons. <laughs> I'm just saying it is because we're having an Oscars where we're talking so much this year about like lifetime achievement and like giving an award to Jamie Lee Curtis because of her other work, not necessarily this specific thing. Mm-hmm. It is funny to have somebody come on stage and say 14 time Oscar nominated <laughs> Diane Warren. It's really, really funny. Nobody's wanted it more and got it less. Three more Oscar, Huey Oscar oh, things that what were funny. What else? What else? Okay, what well, else? Harry Shum Jr. was on the Oscars because he's in Everything Everywhere All at Once. And someone tweeted, Harry Shum Jr., you're insane for this. Can your wife fight? And it's well, the Well, because it was like a hot on. video yeah. of him like doing moves. Yeah. Yes. And his wife, Shelby Rabara, responded, yes. Yes, I can. That's I don't think funny. we ever talked about Shelby when we talked about... Uh, I mean, what's there to say? She's she's an an actress, too. She's She's a dancer. She was on the Lakers cheerleading squad. But they've been together for a really, really long time. Yeah. And they're both dancers. Two more things. Videos that I think you retweeted from the Who account. I'm just going to play one of Troy Sivan arriving at, I believe, the Vanity Fair party. extremely funny. Extremely funny. Troy Sivan arriving at the Vanity Fair after party. And this is uh, crowd noise. first I was like that seems very doctored but there is something very authentic about the audio that it's hard to fake that that type of tone and the type of sound we got confirmation that it's from the live stream someone who's watching the live stream who the hell is that that. (laughs) who the hell is that who the hell is that he saw it and died (laughs) who the hell is that who the hell is that and then we have this which is just a a confluence of who we things that I I've watched Troy Sivan being hooed on the red carpet maybe 10 times. I've watched Christina Aguilera talking about Zeoman a hundred times. <laughs> Here it is. And before I go to any special big event, we wanted to make sure we did a, a proper beauty regimen. Okay. And that includes Zeman, a little bit of smart talks for um, to treat frown lines when you're feeling tired. We want the expression, but we don't want to give you know, too much away. We want the expression, but we don't want to give too much away. Is I like, mean... I don't even know if Zeoman, Zeman approves mean, of that language. I do love the idea that you're getting Botox, essentially, because you don't want to give too much away. <laughs> oh, these, th- these, this no-lined face? Well, it's really because I don't want to give too much away. Thank you to T. Kyle for posting this first. Also, I just want to put it out there. The way that she is just selling this, she, she's a spokesperson for this, for this uh, talk. Yeah, just Zeman. like the Jonas. Uh-huh. Zeman, uh... The way that she's selling Zeman just casually on the red carpet when not really asked about it, that's how we would sell Article. And I know that Article <laughs> did not. I don't think the Article heard our episode this week I because they, they have not reached out. No, they haven't. But I want to say, if uh, Article, uh, again, I make the plea to you, I would we would sell your furniture like Chris Aguilera is just selling this yeah. toxin on the red carpet. They didn't ask about it. This no. wasn't a setup. She's done many sponsored content interviews where she where they say, oh, we're here to celebrate your partnership with Zeman. So tell us, what's your favorite thing about it? They didn't even ask that. But she said, oh, my beauty regimen? 
makeup, self-care, a little bit of zemen. <laughs> a little bit of zemen. <laughs> you want to give expression, but you don't want to give too much away. I'm sorry. We keep saying zemen because we're polite. Is it really pronounced zemen like semen? Because I don't want to so, know. I, putting I don't z- know. zemen on your face as, as part of your beauty regimen, I think they need to change the name. Zemen. Let's, let's hear what it is. Here it is. I like to prioritize self-care. Part of taking care of myself is embracing the things that make me look my best and being intentional about the products I use. That's why I get Zeman, a smart toxin for frown lines that only has ingredients essential for treatment. I cannot stand that it rhymes with semen. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know they they gave her a background song that sounds like um, nobody wants to be lonely? That's what they're trying. I feel like they're trying to. Yeah. Beautiful song. You should do both parts. Oh, that'd be so fun. I'll do both parts next time I do karaoke. <laughs> you oh, have you to can't do come both to karaoke. Parts. I'll do both. I'll be like, Lindsay can't be here tonight, so I'll be Christina <laughs> and Ricky. I know I can't come. That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. I'll tell you what will literally kill the spark in the room if you do nobody wants to be lonely and do both parts. I'm sorry. That's, that's what we call not a crowd pleaser. <laughs> I'm just saying we can spontaneously bring up anything and I'm taking a look at my, you know, idol, Christina Aguilera and how she does it. And I'm just saying an article who definitely has not heard our episode yet or else they'd be, you know, running to our door, banging on down our the doors. theoretical door, offering us uh, couches, side mm-hmm. tables, mm-hmm. lamps, beds, Be- dressers, <laughs> Dre- chairs, <laughs> lamps. I don't even know what else they sell. And guess what? I'm not going to know until they... Buy some advertising on this podcast. Okay, okay. we need it. We're, you are listening we're to really Who's There, our <laughs> weekly call-in show, where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Here are some comments, then we'll move on to questions. And before I go to any special big event, we wanted to make sure we did uh, a proper beauty regimen. Okay. And that includes Zeman, a little bit of smart talks for, um, to treat frown lines when you're feeling tired. We want the expression, but we don't want to give you know, too much away. Demon. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, I'm sure you guys are getting a lot of calls about SK Twigs' new man, Jordan Hemingway. I just thought I'd call in because I actually went to high school with him and middle school and what obviously it was like the talk of my town when she posted that because we've actually all been following Jordan since high school because in high school he was like, a bro, like a pink polo cargo short bro um, who was like a popular kid. And then he like moved to Hoboken to like try and become a model. So like very basic bitch vibe. Um, obviously, he's very hot and like bulked up or whatever, but wasn't a very successful model. So then he rebranded as a vampire from Bushwick. And he's always been, like, interested in photography. So that part is, like, real. But it's just very funny to me and to everyone else to, like, watch him just become fake alt and now is dating FKA Twigs. So hope that is interesting or helpful to you. Love you guys. Crunch, crunch. FKA Twigs dating FKA bro. I love it. That's so beautiful. I want to be clear. People can change from high school. Yes, please. Okay. 
I do feel like this uh, is a little bit of a of gotcha uh, behavior, which is like, like imagine like no, being like Lindsay in high school, school was a real fucking da 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 da, and now look at her, and it's like <laughs> da 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 bitch, like I don't know. I just feel I wouldn't want to. Ha- I wouldn't want to have to kind of um, adhere to whatever brand I chose in high school for the rest mm-hmm. of my life because yeah, God no. knows what that would even be. No. So no. I do respect kind of a quote unquote glow up in the name of your career. Of your yeah. career. Someone from my high school calls and they were like, can confirm Bobby did love Nobody Wants to Be Lonely in high right. school and he right. still loves and it. And even though there was no podcast, he somehow <laughs> was a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Time is precious and it's slipping away, but we are still fans of Christina and Ricky. Bobby is such a liar. He was not a fan of Christina Lara in high school. And I know that for a fact. <laughs> okay, thank you for the call, though. Okay, thank bye. Thank you for the call, though. <laughs> no, People no, no. Can I change. feel like I don't, mean to, can I don't mean to drag the caller. I do love to know this. I mean, there is something about, there is also something about like the tr- this being the trendy thing versus that being the trendy thing mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. versus now. Hey, Bobby Lindsay, I hate to correct you or act as if I'm an expert of some sort, but I do think it's worth noting that Amber Valletta and Michelle Pfeiffer co-starred in What Lies Beneath together, and kind of the whole point is that Amber is playing like a ghost or something who looks a lot like Michelle Pfeiffer. So your instinct, Bobby, was spot on. I still think they could do this movie and repair, but I did think that was worth noting. I hate even doing it. Um, good form, Bella Thorne, that MacBook. This is that. This is such a you tendency. The way that you were like, I'm going to invent a thing that already exists because I forgot that existed. Remember when the two of us invented being John Malkovich <laughs> on the Patreon? We were like, there should be a movie we were like, about. Here's a movie, and then we just did the, the plot, plot of <laughs> being John Malkovich. And somebody was like, "Well, really support you guys. This is the right way to call with like extreme deference. Like you're just like, love you. So I hate much. doing this, but you know, you kind of did what lies beneath <laughs> a movie you've talked about and seen many times. To be fair, I was describing something completely different, but mm, I didn't. But like you remember. kind of were doing it in the same spirit of the fact I was, that you think they I look was. alike. I don't think that the thing is us coming up with a movie that was the exact plot of being John Malkovich negates our idea. You know, like the fact yes. that being John Malkovich exists negates our You're idea. You're saying this the fact that what lies does not exists negate. doesn't negate this idea. You know? All right. Okay. Keep, I want you to dream big, but they are iconic. And I love what lies beneath, you know, I have the hat. Oh, I know you have the hat. You wear it a lot. I wear it in October and a little sometimes outside of October. Okay. Next call. Hi, Who Weekly, long time, long time, pausing the episode like one minute in um, because there's absolutely no way Angela Bassett drank a single sip of that Dunkin' um, on the red carpet for, I think it was the SAG Awards. Um, Hollywood Reporter asked her, what's one piece of advice you have for any first-time Oscar nominees? And without hesitating, she says, don't drink any liquids past 10 a.m. Um, Angela Bassett, them, Angela Bassett, queen, Angela Bassett, professional. There was no way she was drinking anything and risking having to use the bathroom, especially because, like, look at that gown she was wearing. She was not going to be able to get in and out of that. So, um, yeah, funny that she did this Duncan spawn when she, of course, did not even swallow a single drop of Duncan coffee. 
Crunch, crunch. Maybe she drank it before 10. Maybe. Okay. But probably not. That is so funny because you're right. Like the thing that I would drink the least before I just sit in a beautiful dress in a crowded auditorium full of people that I like admire in glamour is literally like coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally She's smart. coffee. She's smart. And as the Oscars are quickly approaching, you've been before. What advice would you give to first-time nominees? Mm, first-time nominees, cut all liquids off at about 10 a.m. Okay. Yes, you don't want to miss your moment when your name is called. Okay, let's move on to questions. Hey, Who Weekly. I just saw on Instagram that La Roach is retired. So two questions. One, is this real? Two, why um if it's real what happened the caption seems like there was maybe some drama involved in this okay crunch crunch probably the only or at least one of like two or three them stylists kind Mm -hmm. of is law roach rachel zoe even though she really kind of doesn't do as much of that her heyday was like you know in the aughts in the aughts but uh it is interesting that this happened But I will say, since this caller called, there's been an update that kind of confirms what I initially thought when I saw this very dramatic post when he put up his retired sign, literally a photo of a sign that says retired. I I don't know how else to describe this this actual graphic other than... a mom found I'm it. I'm retired. It's the kind of graphic that like somehow they're only accessible to mothers. <laughs> like they find the weirdest images and they use them. This retired image is just like, where did he get this? He tweeted, we'll go, well, I'll go back in time for a second, but he most recently tweeted, so y'all think I'm breaking up with Z? We are forever. She's my little sister and it's real love, not the fake industry love. So because everybody was immediately like, uh-oh, Zendaya's like, what's she going to – she's wearing H&M mm-hmm. again, uh-oh. Like, you know, in, as a joke, <laughs> yeah. as a joke, obviously they were, like, dragging her because they know his story and her story is, like, mm-hmm. without him, she really is not a fashion icon, which is literally, like, why he is so beloved and why news of him retiring would even make a blip on the main stage of culture, which it did. Mm-hmm. It made a huge blip. That kind of confirmed what I had suspected, which is, although I'm sure there are plenty of reasonable reasons why he'd be fed up with bullshit in his industry. Wow, like he's part of one of the most like toxic industries on the planet, like Mm -hmm. fashion and Hollywood. I was kind of like, I feel like you need like a little vacation and to, you know, take yourself out of some situations that are not right for you or whatever and not actually just announce, oh, I'm retired. Oh, I quit. Oh, I'm not. And then he tweeted that and I was like, okay, I feel a bit better about thinking that because I obviously didn't want to discount, you know, what is clearly an annoyance that was big enough to be like, fuck all of this Mm -hmm. that I feel is legit. You know what I mean? And we still don't know what the annoyance is, but the annoyance is not Zendaya. No, I don't think that was, I don't think anyone ever thought that. I think people were just like. People thought that because of the video at the Louis Vuitton show. But that has nothing to do with, I don't think she's implicated in anything in that video. If anything, it's the organizers of the event. That still could be his ultimate beef. But the video in question that went viral after this She's like, you sit there. I think she was more like, oh, I think you, they put you behind me. Like, I don't think that that's like her being like, ha, like, uh, sit there. I think people people are fucking stupid. He shows up to the front row of the Louis Vuitton show. Everyone's finding their seats. He sees Zendaya. They have an interaction. Again, like the Austin Butler, Vanessa Hudgens thing. We don't have audio. 
he motions something to her and she points behind and then he kind of purses his lips as if like, you could see what you want to see out of the way that he purses his lips. He could be pursing his lips at the organizers. He could be pursing his lips at Louis Vuitton. That's what I'm saying. And also to narrow down the reason why he's like, oh, fuck this industry, I'm retiring, to one little video is ridiculous. There's clearly a lot of reasons that he that is that are he's fed up about. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's he's not feeling like he's being paid his worth. Maybe da, da, da. like his whole thing is like running on extreme confidence. And that's like how he's gotten to the way he is because he's confident and he's as talented to back that up as he says he is. So clearly my point was just like he's going to he's going to go on his kiss tour. You know what I mean? He's going to he's going to come out of retirement eventually maybe like he's closing up shop for a few months to go on sabbatical maybe that's a good idea he did do an interview with vogue that came out literally while we were recording in which he doubles down on the fact that like this wasn't a pr stunt i am actually retiring but not from fashion just from styling but like you said people retire from things all the time prominent people retire from their jobs all the time and they come back he says it's not a pr stunt but the Zendaya of it all is, I think, more interesting. Right. I just think it says so much about Zendaya that he was willing to kind of break his self-imposed right. silence. He, like, quit Twitter saying, and then he was like, never mind. Right. Where he's right. like, I will not tell you why I'm fed up yet, but I will tell you that it has nothing to do with this woman. So, like, leave her out of this because it has nothing to do with her. And I think that I think it's really good that he did that because people were getting a little, a little nutso about it. Right. And I just – and then, and then, like – attacking her for no reason it's just such a misread it's so ignorant it's so internet it's so stupid like come on and Zendaya has done for as long as she has been known for her style she has been vocal about law being the one who created it who built it he is an image architect as he says all of his clients are extremely proud to be his client and are vocal about him it's definitely has to do with designers and negotiations and business and all the other shitty shit that money, comes with money, money, yeah money. like uh, you know exclusives and all this shit you know what i mean mm. i don't i i do think that it's it what he likes is the relationships which is what everyone says about like their job it's like i love the relationships you know yeah he styled a lot of people at the most recent vanity fair after party but he styled, yeah. I think, maybe the most notable or the coolest or the most eye-catching one, which was Hunter Schaefer's dress. Like, that yeah. was a law roach Which thing. is the one that got all the attention. All the and attention. And our friend Steven pointed out, which is very interesting, is we're only, you know, we're only a few weeks away from the Met Ball. The Met Gala, yeah. Gala. I always say ball. I know it's gala. We're only a few weeks away from that. To do this now is months. even more of a uh, kind of statement to that. And, you know, you wonder if it has to do with the planning for that, if it has to do with Anna Wintour, if it has to do Maybe. with uh, kind of because, you know, she's difficult. And I wonder if we'll see him, quote unquote, come out of retirement when he does the Met, which TBD. Or maybe he is not going to do the Met. Maybe that's part of this. Maybe this is the main statement is like, I don't want to succumb to this fashion's great biggest night or whatever. Fuck that. We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster, whom we've talked about on the podcast before, T.N. Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. Of, kind you of. Are. A you little are. bit. You are. 
They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports, and in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is, every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me, they're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. But that's why it's like we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot and who's sexy and who we're paying attention to. Yes. And that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. (laughs) Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, Might? uh, 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 uh. You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's everyone's doing live shows these days, so all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away, pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time, and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. It was like 70 something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed or in my Pull case, under the bed. Your linens, sweeties. The lin- It's time. It's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses. I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to you. I hate middlemen. I hate middlemen. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Hi, BLT. Medium time, medium time. I am procrastinating on writing a manuscript. So I opened the wall for like the first time in my entire life. 
and I saw everyone was talking about Rachel Bilson <laughs> who claims that um, she had her first orgasm at 38, which is, I guess, when she started dating Bill Hader, which is, like, you know, sad and upsetting, yada, yada, yada. But I think, I mean, and it's funny because she has all these other, like, famous exes, but her mom is also a sex therapist. I don't know if other people know this, but I have this, like, semi-vivid memory of, like, watching Chelsea lately and Rachel Bilson talking about how her mom does sex therapy for a living. And so it's kind of sad that she hasn't had an orgasm. Like, I don't know. I would talk to my mom about that. Okay. Um, crunch, crunch, you know, promising young, promising young woman, woman. I don't really want to talk about Rachel Bilson. Orgasms. <laughs> orgasms. That's fine. I don't either. I, it didn't happen for me until I was how, 38, however old That's I was. Yeah. wild. Isn't that crazy? But I do think this is our ongoing plea for mm-hmm. celebrities to stop doing podcasts. Please. <laughs> this, Please. Stop. This is on Rachel's own podcast, though. So it's like kind of like our plea is because our, our second part of this argument, our other part of this plea is Diplo going on Emirata's podcast mm-hmm. and being like, got a blowjob from a man. It's not gay. Hi, Who Weekly. I wanted to discuss what I think is a gay wrong, but maybe it's a gay right. Uh, Diplo went on Emrata's podcast and was talking about not not being gay, but getting blowjobs from guys in the most non-committal way possible. There's a clip. It's funny. It ends up back to Bill Clinton. But yeah, Diplo not not saying he's not gay, if that triple negative works but kind of saying he sometimes is gay right or gay wrong uh thanks crunch crunch first of all it's a gay wrong second of all any podcast where celebrities are welcomed and feel comfortable those podcasts need to stop existing (laughs) i do think it really devalues like how much money is rachel bilson you know maybe don't answer that i don't want to know making from these podcasts that she goes on and shares information like this that then gets picked up by 45 thousand tabloids and it's like totally taken out of context and then kind of devalued in that way you know maybe she in her mind she's like this is good I'm like bringing awareness like a lot of women don't orgasm from sex etc like until Mm -hmm. da 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 but what it's being turned into because the internet has no shame and no kind of you know it's always going to twist it is who was who Rachel Wilson was dating before she had her first orgasm, who didn't make her orgasm, a.k.a. all of her ex-boyfriends who existed. A.k.a. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, et cetera. I mean, and more, et cetera. too. Yeah, et cetera. Who was she dating when she uh, when she did have her first orgasm? Doesn't mean he gave her her first orgasm, just means right. that they were dating at the same time. Bill Hader. Bill Hader, right. And she's already said on a fucking podcast that Bill Hader has a big dick. So this is not even the first time. That Rachel Bilson has been messy on podcast. I don't even I don't even know that it's messy. She's allowed to say whatever she wants to say on these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like where else did they where else did these celebrities have to be this kind of candid before podcasts? I don't know, like Howard Stern. I just want I want you to save it for a memoir. I want you to save it yeah, for something memoirs. that feels more 
complete and thought through because we're we're a podcast. This is cheap. Yes. <laughs> As a fan, to me, it cheapens them. And I think that yeah. like I think it's nice to say these sorts of things that are humanizing and things that are could be sort of like actually helpful to people to hear these sorts of things from people who are you know, purportedly, you know, more perfect Rich than you and have everything filled up every now and have yeah. access to more stuff than you have. Like, I understand the benefits to this, but like, as a consumer of celebrity culture, I'm just like, please take it. You're better else. than this. All of these celebrities, right. all of these, from Rachel Bilson to Diplo, it's like, I know. Shut the fuck up. Like, I, I want to keep you on this pedestal. Like, I don't want to know this much about you. I don't. And I want you to take this information to a qualified writer to kind of mm-hmm. synthesize mm-hmm. this for you instead of just having a headline, Rachel Bilson tells Whitney Cummings she hadn't experienced an orgasm from sex until she was 38, colon, crazy. Which, by the way, do you notice that headline has a pun in it by accident? Yeah. Wait, I couldn't <laughs> figure out. What's the, what's the pun? Whitney Cummings. Rachel oh. tells Whitney Cummings she has an experience in orgasm. That's funny. Whitney Thanks. Cummings. The, the other thing about the headlines, everyone said a version of the Rachel Bilson said she didn't orgasm from sex until 38. Everyone wrote that except CNN yeah. who tried to keep it less explicit. They wrote, Rachel Bilson shares past intimacy issue other women may relate to. That was their headline. Right. Right. <laughs> That's, okay, that's a little responsible. This is very much related to the thing you referenced earlier, which is that Diplo went on Emrata's podcast. I'm not yeah. really aroused by men that much that I know about. I that you bet. know about. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if I got a blowjob from a guy before. You sh- you're sure that's happened? Yeah. And you, you just don't remember? <laughs> I mean. You're not being, you're saying, you're, you're not committing to it, but you're yeah. saying you're sure it happened. Yeah, for sure. But you don't have a specific memory of it. No, nah, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of blowjobs, but I don't know. And you're just like, one of, <laughs> one of them. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's gay, but it's, I mean, getting a blowjob is not that gay, I think. I don't know. It's a, you tell me. <laughs> Wait, what were we about to talk, talk about? Okay. We were talking about Bill Clinton. <laughs> I will say, M. Rada has studied at the school of Z Way. This is a giving Z Way. I'm happy for her. She's mm-hmm. learning from well, her friends. Well, they're friends, yeah. No, I yeah. know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's, it's giving Z-Way. Uh, kind of not trapping him, but kind of like making him face his own uh, vague homophobia. Although he's clearly being jokey about it and knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. But I do think that she's kind of like, I'm not going to like walk into your weird trap and be like, is getting a blowjob from a man gay? <laughs> like, Yes. <laughs> She's being really intimidating and it's like, but yeah. it's like a coy intimidation and that's totally a Z-Way thing. And you're, yeah, you're so right because Emily's podcast, this tone has definitely evolved in the, the few short months that it existed to what it is now. You know, like watching this interview, I was sort of like, wow, it's been a while since I've listened to a high low. Emily's really like kind of on one. I love this. No, she's like getting, you know, respect to these 34 minute Uh, episodes. There's not a lot of fat. She's getting to the meat. She is getting to the real topics. I don't even actually Mm -hmm. didn't listen to this episode. So I don't even know where they came from or where they were going. But her last line, no, we were talking about Bill Clinton is extremely funny. Mm -hmm. Extremely funny. I just wonder, like, it's such a common thing now, especially in the past few months, six months, that like celebrities are going to be revealing very yeah. personal things on podcasts, sit down podcasts with other celebrities. And I wonder like how they feel about this as a whole. Like, is this a trend that is, just, is this the new normal or is this a blip? You know, like, is this going to be what celebrities do in the for the foreseeable future? Uh, I mean, it's or are they going to regret feels... these things? 
I think that these are two different things in a way because Rachel Bilson has a podcast as like a money-making thing. Diplo went on this podcast. So there's mm-hmm. two different things we're dealing with here. Having your own podcast where you're expected to kind of like reveal stuff about yourself or you just do every single week. This is the this is the problem with what's-his-face, you, you guy, Penn oh, Badgley, yeah, yeah. all this stuff where you just kind of like give it away for free. Well, it's not for free because you're getting paid. So it, it's it's a it's a business thing. It's a money thing. Uh-huh. Then you have the just going for either your friends with or mostly because you're promoting going on podcasts. When celebrities are promoting yeah. stuff, you I feel like they're because of media. There's so few, there's much fewer much fewer. Oh my god, there's fewer places you can actually go that's going to get a lot of eyeballs, right? So you're mm-hmm. so I feel like PR people are trying to like cobble together what is the plan of attack to have the most people listen to you talk about the project or whatever and now I feel like podcasts are such a big element of that so they're suggesting you go on these podcasts and you go on them as it's your job but then this podcast is not just like an interview that's cut down or like a profile that's written or whatever it's this like off the cuff thing that you have to perform that maybe is not your specialty and you're just like having to talk and maybe you think you're diplo maybe you think like oh i got this i'm like good off i'm good on the run or whatever but it is just like you're right it is kind of messy because then you have somebody like who's the number one person you would think who would who would never go on a podcast like this i have one angelina jolie i was just gonna say angelina Angelina jolie Jolie. never but what if angelina jolie was told by her person oh you want to promote this like documentary about like children in darfur you gotta go on call her daddy you gotta (laughs) talk to fucking alex cooper Then the reason Angelina Jolie is a good reference is because Angelina Jolie used to be much more open, much yes. more vulnerable, and then much got more revealing. Guarded. She got guarded, and because it was it was the right thing to do for her career, and I think her family. So, do you think that it's going to be the backlash to this era of going on podcasts and just and just having to talk for an hour? I think the problem is, and why Emrata's podcast is actually very smart because it's only thirty four minutes. The problem is when these celebrities have to fucking deal with you for like an hour, an hour and a half, hour and yeah. a half or whatever, and they're not cutting yeah. anything. They're not yeah. doing a good job, kind of creating something that is interesting or whatever, mm-hmm. getting yeah. to the meat of things, like an editor might do, like a writer might do. Yeah. I wonder if there's just going to be like a post this backlash this where celebrities That's are going to stop wanting too. to do this. Because yeah. and the other thing about the Diplo thing specifically, it's like, what the fuck is Diplo promoting? This isn't even like Angelina Jolie is trying to promote her new directorial effort that she wants to win an Oscar, you know, like for. This is just Diplo promoting himself. It's a these are stopgap interviews. These are just like relevancy maintainers. Right. You know, I mean, like it's, it's, he's not this promoting is just friend anything friend of M. Rada yeah. Right. Well he is um yeah, maybe he doesn't have a new album. Pro- what I'm saying, it, like traditionally, he he's not like promoting a new album. He's not promoting a tour. Right? It's now. not a traditional you know? promotion. Yeah, you're right. And and it's just sort of like people go on these podcasts to just sort of like, oh, remind everyone that I'm here. But then you get too comfortable with people, and the next thing you know, you're talking about whether or not getting a blowjob by a man when you're a man makes you gay or not. And Emrata is like sort of staring you down. <laughs> I'm not obsessed with Diplo, but it is funny. This it's funny. Is funny. No, it's yeah. it's it is really it's it's genuinely charming actually yeah like it's, it's funny it. but the <laughs> thing know. is like the other part about it like this shit isn't live diplo 100 percent had the power to say emily cut can you that. cut that from the episode and right, she would say knows. sure but he's yeah. like you know what this is good for me like that mindset feels very new to me it's on brand for him whatever yeah. he's like he knows he's like a freaking troll it makes him desirable and it makes him sexy you know and it makes him vaguely progressive too Whatever it is, 
I do think it just speaks to the greater conversation about like the backlash to celebrities going on podcasts and like having podcasts. And I just mm-hmm. think we need this to end. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't. We the culture. I mean, I know page six, like there is no way the culture can keep up with listening to all these podcasts. There's just no. no fucking way. It's half of it's half of the job when you're a people journalist or an Us Weekly journalist. You got to listen to every single celebrity podcast. That's it's ridiculous for them. It's it, it, we're losing the aggregators faster than we're gaining the podcast. And soon you'll have to listen to these things yourself. And I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. You're not doing that. No. I just feel so torn because I I like getting these stories from celebrities. I like the humanizing part of it. I think that they're really candid and nice on one hand. Like as a fan, I think they're funny, but I can't help but think that they're also a little too easy, a little too unpolished, if that makes sense. Well, that's the thing is you crave this information, but then when when, when you see it, you're like, oh, no. I like my celebrities when they're revealing and I like them when they're complete fucking Fort Knox and we haven't found the happy medium yet. <laughs> we're being picky. We know we're being yeah. picky, but we're just saying to the PR people that are that are I'm being unfair. Building yeah. these careers. You gotta be uh as as Christina Galera said, you gotta leave something to the imagination. You gotta inject a little semen into your face and leave something to the imagination. Yeah. Semen. What is it? We want the expression, but we don't want to give too much away. We don't want to give too much away. Okay. We want the expression, but we don't want to give, you know, too much away. When you want the expression, but you don't want to give too much away. First of all, that should be their tagline. She literally is a genius. Like, they're not paying her enough. Also, I think that's the way that PR people should look at the celebrities they represent. Mm -hmm. You want a little expression, but you don't want to give too much away. For example, incredible Ben Affleck interview in The Hollywood Reporter today. Mm-hmm. Talk about something that gives a little expression but still maintains the gloss. He's he's being a little real. He's being a little down to earth. But just a glimpse. Just a glimpse. He's being, he's being so smart. Just a glimpse. Mm-hmm. Just a glimpse. He's scolding, but he's not being a little asshole about it. No. And he's saying, hmm, isn't it interesting that people thought I was drunk at the Grammys when I'm a very publicly sober person? That's a little mm-hmm. weird. It's a little strange. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? That is correct. Do I need a whole mm-hmm. podcast about this? No. But I, but I love that you said that and I could read it. The last thing I want to say is it's like, you, you mentioned <laughs> memoirs earlier. But yeah. it's like, I like the Save idea the of having to put in work to read a memoir. Podcasts mm-hmm. are too easy. Podcasts are too easy. I agree. You're making it too I easy. Agree. You got to add a barrier to entry to me getting that information from you. I, I got to do some work. I got to open a book. Wouldn't it be so much more interesting if an amazing writer wrote that uh, that mm-hmm. Rachel Bilson didn't have an orgasm until she was 38 versus yeah. you just like telling on a podcast? Yeah. To Whitney Cummings. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. Let's move on. Hey, I feel like I'm the professional wrestling correspondent for Who Weekly based on nothing. But um, I needed to let you know that the Bella Twins are no longer called the Bella Twins. They're called the Garcia Twins. Uh, they're rebranding to their um, legitimate name, their birth surname, or whatever. So, what could this forebode? Who knows? I'm excited to see their next ventures. Um, stops growing. My mom, crunch, crunch, bye. Bella Twins announced they're leaving WWE and going back to their own names, Nikki and Brie Garcia. I gotta say, don't do that. <laughs> Why? Come on. I like it. I think if anything, these two women are, since the beginning of their careers, no, I know. have been They're smart. so clever, so I know. smart. They made You're all right. the right I'm moves. Wrong. Their memoir is so good. 
they're leaving the WWE and they're like, you know what? Kayfabe. We're giving up the performance. We are Nikki and Brie Garcia. Oh my God. You and Kayfabe. Once you learned that word, you can never Once go I back. Once I learned what Kayfabe was, I was like, mind, oh, my mind blew. My mind yeah, blew. Really, it's beautiful. My mind blew. You're right. Because there is a lot of like falseness in wrestling, it is kind of part of the narrative to take back your name. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. I just am like, I don't know the Garcia twins. I know the Bella twins. The Rock said, I'm not the Rock anymore. I'm Dwayne Johnson. (laughs) And to be fair, it worked. And it worked. It did. It it took a long time. It took a really long time. We call him Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No one's calling him Dwayne, but we call him Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Remember when we were convinced that Lady Gaga was going to go by Stephanie Germanata in The Star is Born? And she was like, no, I'm Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is Lady Gaga. She became that character. Well, she is not. Kayfabe is her life. She's not. She's she's lost behind that. And that's fine. I never want to find her. I always want the performance. What I had forgotten, and it's in the memoir too, but I totally forgot it until it came up in one of these stories about this uh, Dickie and Brie Garcia name change, brand, pivot. When they started wrestling, they were just one person. And they would That's do insane. like tricks. Like on a... Like, like one on of them would be going um, down and then the like other one would opera. come up. Yes, like, like a, a soap, soap opera. opera. I love that. And so they Evil pretended twins. to be they pretended to be one person and then they revealed themselves as twins as part of their wrestling love narrative. That. God, wrestling is good. Yeah. So it's like, I just see this as another like evolution in like who they are. But you read this story first, and it's like, Bella Twins announced they're leaving WWE and going back to their own names, Nikki and Brie Garcia. They announced this on their Sirius XM show, which is called The Nikki and Brie Show. Okay? <laughs> well, it was called it was called the, the Bella Twins Show or something. Yeah, they already changed. There's so many change name changes their... that happen. It's like, it really is exhausting how many changes. It was called The Bella's Podcast. Now it's called The Nikki and Brie Show. And I was like, okay, good for them. They're reclaiming this thing, right? They're only mm. becoming more and more famous. Remember when they... Both got pregnant at the same time, and they said it was a coincidence. Bullshit. So (laughs) the week before, two weeks before, they announced that they have a new show. And I have to read you this log line. I don't know if you read it yet. It's called Twin Love. They're hosting a new show on Amazon and Freebie. Amazon and Freebie are really going out with the like weird reality competition shows lately, which is very funny. I'll take it. I'll take it. Let me read you this log line. They're hosting Oh, my. To deny (laughs) Freebie. I think that part of this is genuine. Like, we just want to reclaim our names but part of it is like the announcement is clever because it comes on the heels of this bigger announcement for their next show which could be the timing you're saying it's authentic announcement but the timing is convenient the timing is convenient so here's the show that will be coming to amazon and freebie soon twin love is a social dating experiment that explores the love lives of identical twins 10 sets of twins will be split up and placed into two houses of identical casts where they'll begin a unique and compelling search for love with double the fun and drama the series will discover if their inherent similarities extend to their romantic desires when separated from their twin brothers and sisters some for the first time ever will they pursue the same identical partners or Insane. will their choices be dramatically different well we love milgram Culture, who like as this a- is as a culture, we love when identical twins marry each other, which happens like more than you'd think somehow. In 50 years, like psychology students will be learning about this in the They'll textbook. And it's going to be like, it's going to be like the show. prisoners. It's going to be like the Zimbardo experiment. It's going to be like, this was so ill-conceived. It ruined the lives of like all these twins. Like this seems almost sinister, but I'm like pretty compelled. I have to be honest. I'm pretty compelled. Oh, are you kidding? I'm so compelled by this. This sounds great. Last time there was a major twin story in culture, like, oh, the psychology of twins. It ends in, like, deep, Wait, deep, what? profound sadness. Three identical strangers. Wait. 
That's like the saddest shit oh, in the world. Oh, yeah. So like twin experiments often end in tragedy. We've had a lot of twins since then. The history of people doing experiments on twins is not I a, know, it's true. a, a it's, wholly it's pleasant one. <laughs> you know? That's true. So maybe they need to like change the they long line like, an experiment on twins, that's good. <laughs> that's actually okay and maybe fine. <laughs> not your fun. grandfather's twin experiment. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, we're, we're out here trying to take the stigma out of twin experiments because we're women in STEM and we're also twins. It's tw- twin experiments. <laughs> the fun kind. Oh my god! Um, but anyway, good for the good for the Garcias. I think that's cool. You almost called it the Bella Twins. See, you I know. Can't, I'm you, learning. You need to work I'm learning. on this. Yeah, I'm learning. Well, you know, right, I love the Garcias. You know, yeah, I love okay. the Garcias. You barely. It's like who was that? Okay. What was their book called? I already forgot. It has such a good title. Incomparable. Yeah. Incomparable. Oh, incredible. A book good by memoir. Brie and Nikki. Good, shockingly Garcia. good memoir. They had a lot to stories to tell. Talk about saving it for I mean, they have podcasts too, but they also <laughs> saved it for the memoir. They did it on the they did it in the memoir first. Okay. Yeah, next song. Yeah. I think this is actually last call, maybe. Hi, Lindsay Bobby Timmy. I don't know if you're gonna get calls about this or if the algorithm is getting to me because I have been rewatching Scandal. And so I saw this tweet. I've been getting a lot of TikToks with Carrie Washington and Tony Goldwyn, and then I recently saw this tweet, I don't know who wrote it, about Tony Goldwyn being, like, Metro Goldwyn Meyer, like, MGM. Is that true? Because if so, isn't that the ultimate Nepo baby scenario? Um. Anyways, Lindsay Podcaster. You knew this, right? I could have guessed it, but I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't know it. Mm, mm. I'm not thinking a lot about like Goldwyn as a as a brand in terms of movies of today. Okay. But I guess it is like MGM is if you knew it stands for Metro Goldwyn Mayer, you would think about that. I I don't know. I have to be honest. I wasn't like, oh, Tony Goldwyn as an MGM. I didn't this didn't click for me. I knew this, but it almost seems so old and and the producer to actor thing is a different level than actor to actor thing, you know? If anything, it's more insidious. But it's almost like that name is so unique that to me it's just always seemed obvious. Like Goldwyn is one of the names that is just like Hollywood to me. You know, yeah, it's just like totally. it's one of the That's names. True. And guess what? It's not his original name. Yeah, it's uh, what is it? Gelf it Gelf was, Gelf it was Gold. It was Gelfiz, which is Yiddish, but it was okay. Goldfish for a long time. The oh. guy who started MGM, it his last name was Goldfish, which mm-hmm. is also crazy. It went from Gelfish to Goldfish when he or he changed it when because you know it's like a myth that people change that people got their names changed. A lot of them changed their own names. Yeah, he changed it, and this guy who started MGM basically was this Polish-born American who moved to America and was working. In Philly, he worked for a glove company, blah, blah, blah. And then him and his brother-in-law started a theater product a theater production company that turned into MGM and then mm-hmm. turned into and also turned into Paramount somehow. There he yeah. he owned quite okay. a few of these, but he basically uh-huh. started Paramount and and also somehow MGM. And he was part of another interesting thing. This is all very like LA people love reading books like this, but he was also part of the big remember when they the government broke up the the monopolies the movie studio mm-hmm. monopolies yeah. he was a big part of that because he created a lot of them and they were like nah, 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 you know and then one of the other goldwyn started his own like kind of indie company called like samuel goldman goldwyn pictures or samuel goldwyn right. films which is i think still exists but um right. samuel goldwyn films yeah that is it because they still exist 
But also, Tony Goldwyn's maternal grandfather wrote the screenplay for Gone for the Wind. So it's like he's got all of this shit like in his blood beyond, you know? Gone for the Wind. Sorry, what did I say? Gone with the Wind. You said Gone for the Wind is really funny. Gone Gone for the Wind. He has a lot of. This this is a family business in the truest sense. It's like everybody's yeah. got their fingers in something, doing something. I know that I Googled this at one point when I watched Ghost. Um, and I've seen Ghost <laughs> a million times. So at some point I was watching Ghost in the last 20 years. And I was like, is he a Goldwyn as in the Goldwyn Goldwins, the MGM Goldwins? And then you look you it up and it's like, yeah, he yeah. is. And, you're, and I was just yeah. sort of like, yeah, whatever. But I think there's... I'm trying to sort of rationalize this and pull something out of my ass as to why I don't care. I love it when we I love when we excuse nepotism, but then sometimes we don't. It's just a funny, like it's a feeling or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's something the- about him being such a career player in weirdly all genre, like TV, film, theater, that is it's the proving thing. It's the Jamie Lee Curtis thing. I don't need to hear about Jamie Lee Curtis being a Nepo baby anymore, especially from her, because to me, she's like overcome that a thousand times. <laughs> he's in a million things. He's never been like a huge A-list star. So it's easier to be like, oh, he's just a dedicated working character actor. And the other thing about it that I feel like makes it easier to excuse or overlook or ignore completely is that he's known for being like number one baddie creep. You know, like if you need a handsome but extremely threatening and scary white man in your movie or television show. Tony Goldwyn has been on the top of that list for 30 years. Yeah, he's not trying to be like... Um, he's not trying to be beloved the, in his roles. Who's the, who's the girly... Who's the little freak... Who's the girly little freak plays? What's her name? And Mia Goth. Polly. Mia Goth? Yeah, what's her name? The movie? What's that movie called? Pearl? Yeah, he's not like, I'm the greatest star. Is that what you're trying to yeah, say? Like, yeah, Pearl? Yeah. He's Never like always playing. He's always playing like <laughs> freaky assholes. Freaky villains. Whatever. I just, you know, in a way, yes, this is the greatest nepotism you can have. It's, it's the, he's part of the, one of the oldest families in showbiz. Sure. Yes. You know? It's like if your last name is literally Edison, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if this interests you, listen to the MGM season of You Must Remember This because it's good. Yeah, it's listen not fully to about- like a smarter story about how this, this came to be. It's only partly about the studios and the producers themselves, but it gives you a vibe about like how big MGM was and like how it sort of devolved and dissolved by the end of its like heyday. It's a good season. Hi, BLT. Um, this is, I can't tell if Pedro, Pedro Pascal is a who or a them. He's having a demi moment, but kind of hooey in general. I just got the most insane advertisement for what turned out to be a mobile phone game starring him. Can you look a little into this? It's odd. Crunch, crunch. Pedro Pascal. He's really having a moment. He's doing ads for Merge Mansion, and it's like, guess what? Who was the first queen of Merge Mansion? Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. It doesn't, it, you're a them if you're in a Merge Mansion ad. I'm sorry. Also, you're, whatever. You're Maybe them. he signed this contract before Last of Us premiered on HBO. Like, we don't know the order of things. I will say, though, before, if we have to answer this question, who cares? But somebody did say to me something that is 100% true, is that they were like, Pedro Pascal is going to be people's sexiest man alive this year. Definitely. That's like 100%, 100% right? If they don't get him, 100%. they're stupid. First of 100%. all, it's a, he's he's got the perfect temperament for it. He like lo- yeah. He's laughing at himself. He loves it. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, yeah, I'm sexy. I, I just think that's a perfect fit. And if they don't do that, they're stupid. And he's the star of, the star of not one, but two of the biggest television shows, like, I would say, right in the world, right? Like, these are huge, these are huge shows, at least in the country, The Mandalorian. He's Mando and The Last of Us. He's one of The Last of Us, you know? (laughs) 
Oh, so in 2020, he was nominated. He was named one of the sexiest man of the years. I think he needs yeah. to be on the cover. He's working his saying. way up. He's going to be. Okay. In the, he's going to be on the cover. Well, I just love that he was on Mando with a. We always used to kind of make fun of him because he had a mask on the whole time. So we were like Pedro Pascal, like he's going to have his moment if they let him take off the mask. And it's like, mm-hmm. lol. And then he had his moment. Now he's having a moment. Yeah. Anyway, Pedro Pascal. I think I'm. I'm. I'm there. One, two, three. Them. Them. You think them? That'd be I a fast rise. Now. I, think I do think the rise. Mandalorian helped the name go mm-hmm. faster, even if the face didn't kind of come, it came after. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When when a, when an actor is this charming and this universally liked, you always get, as a fan, you're always sort of like, slow down a little bit because this always crashes and burns. And then you have to step away from being so overexposed for a little bit before you come back. And it's like, he's, he's approaching that territory, I feel. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next call. Final call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, my boyfriend and I are wondering if you could rank from who to them the pieces of Chex Mix. So, like, the Chex, the brown Chex, the pretzel, the cracker, and the bagel, the bagel chip. Crunch, crunch, literally. This is hard. <sighs> this is insane. Mini breadstick, rye chip, square pretzel, circle pretzel, corn checks, wheat checks. Are we talking like, okay, we're doing who to them, not like preference. Don't let your don't don't let, yeah, your, don't don't. let your preference cloud. I just have burped don't. in the middle. I'm thinking about checks picks. Don't let your preference cloud your expertise here. Okay, let's go. Whoiest first? Who to them? Yeah. Okay, I got one. God, circle pretzel. Yeah, it's circle pretzel. Okay, okay, okay that's fair. Hooey a circle then, pretzel. Okay, then. Square pretzel? Mm, it's either, it's between square pretzel and uh, a mini breadstick. Oh, come on. The mini breadstick is like so rare. You think that's the most iconic Oh, I one? think it's so rare. I don't think it's like icon- the most iconic, but I think it's like, it's demi because of its rarity. When you get the mini breadstick, you're like, oh, finally, I've been looking for you. I've been waiting for this moment of my life. I think it's both pretzels are at the, at the bottom. Both pretzels are at the square. bottom, you think? I think it goes circle, circle, then square, then, then square, mini what? Then rye chip. Huge. Then wheat, then corn. Circle pretzel, square pretzel, mini breadstick, rye chip, wheat checks, then corn checks. Yeah. Corn checks is the most classic checks. Corn checks is the most classic checks. But I do think that both checks are at the top because we're talking checks mix. Yeah, it's a checks mix. It's a checks mix. And also, who's distinguishing between wheat and corn checks when you're just dipping your hand in the salty umami that is checks? I do prefer the wheat checks, though. Taste-wise, wheat checks, I like. I think it's a it's a more satisfying texture. It's got more heft to it, you know. Yeah. It's sturdier. Circle pretzel, square pretzel, mini breadstick, rye chip, wheat checks, corn checks. That's who to them of checks mix pieces, and we're finished. <laughs> also, checks mix. One of those things, just buy the bag. It's what? like making Chex Mix. It's always, oh. every time I've made Chex Mix for like Chex a party Mix? or something. I've made it a few times. And every time I've made it, I'm like, why did I do this? <laughs> why why do didn't you I just ma- buy a bag it? of Chex Mix? You just mix? buy the separate pieces and put them together? Yeah. all You mix them by all uh, no. the pieces. You shake them up. You mix them with like Worcestershire no, sauce. No, one does and, like, that. No one does that. No one does that. Pepper. Don't do it's that. It's so time consuming. And then you make it. And Muddy like, Buddies, sure. Homemade Muddy yeah. Buddies, oh, yeah. 100% worth it. Don't buy them. Make that. But this, no. You call Sorry, that Puppy no. Chow, where I'm from. Did you ever call it Puppy Chow? No, we called it uh, Muddy Buddies. No, we called it Puppy Chow in 
Yeah. And I don't know. Yours is better, I guess. Poker yeah. Channel is fun. Anyway, so we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Keep calling it at 619 Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns. For our Friday show, support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes, a Discord server, commentary tracks, and more. You can also get the audio only by subscribing in the Apple Podcast app. Just hit subscribe and it'll work. Thank you to Katie and Erica the Who's for providing our Rita theme song on Tuesdays. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. want the expression but we don't want to give you know too much away hey lindsey bobby timmy uh long time first time actually meant to call in about this over the summer but was reminded by that beautiful proposal you did a few weeks ago um so over the summer when we were in italy my now fiance who is a fellow hooligan proposed to me in the most romantic location private rooftop terrace in florence surrounded by lemon trees with lyrics to waski's floppy seconds um it was perfect for us and terrible in just the right way and have have you guys to thank and blame for that precious memory and also for the sort of blank confusion I get when I tell people how we got engaged um I just wanted to call and let you know the important role that who weekly played in this momentous life event live in Louisa laptop okay tell the story okay so One time I was, uh, I was performing a play in New York City. We, we got enough money to get us workshopped out there. And our director happened to be friends with Gabrielle Hoffman from Girls. And, uh, we were all, we were girls. Yes. Uh, we were all staying in their, uh, her beautiful apartment. And, uh, she, uh, the room that I was, uh, you know, assigned to. Okay. Get, get sorry. Me. Sorry. The room that I was assigned to. <laughs> Uh, was a private room. Anyways, I got drunk and I was, uh, sleeping naked on the pull-out couch that was, uh, assigned to me in my room and I sharded onto said couch. Uh, and, uh, I tried cleaning it, but it, it just ended up, you know, like smearing shit everywhere, which was, uh, not good. So then I flipped to the couch cushion and I never, ever brought it up until I just told my boyfriend, who is a listener of yours, and now he is making me tell the story into a recording. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, though. Okay, do the sign-off. Wait, do the sign-off. Oh, uh, <laughs> crinkle, crinkle? <laughs> crush, crush. Hi, Lindsay Bobby Tiggy. <laughs> Um, I'm a hooligan from New York who flew to L.A. to visit another hooligan (laughs) this past week on Thursday before the Oscars. And when I was in the airport at LAX with the Delta um, baggage claim, I saw this woman in this really interesting outfit. She was wearing this, like, really cool suede jacket and, like, bright green zebra pants. And at first I just was like, oh, like, what a cool girl. (laughs) No. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no, dogs! Oh my god! And then, and then I look at her in more detail. I'm like, who's this cool woman? And it's Jemima Kirk. And she literally, she literally, I'm so sorry. Oh no! Um, okay, anyways, it was Jemima Kirk, and she had literally three giant suitcases and she was by herself and she had to like pull them each off 
the baggage claim and then like wheel them away herself. And then I just saw on Oscar coverage that she was at the Oscars. Isn't that like super hooey to <laughs> be traveling as one and have to do all your own luggage? Or am I just crazy? Um, <laughs> okay, that's it. Crunch, crunch. Women do belong in balloons. Lindsay podcast.